So, uh, did anybody see that Justice League this weekend? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Warrior Podcast for March 25th, 2021. I am your host, Greg Hernandez, and I'm back. I am back. I haven't done one of these in a while. It's been it's been at least a month. I want to say last week of February that I've done a Ninja Warrior Podcast. As, um, as, as I hope all of you realize, I started a sep- second podcast. I started doing the Ninja Warrior Week in Wrestling, and I've done three of those. But it's been a while since I've actually got to do some nerd shit. And we we had some nerd shit. We had some major nerd shit hit the fan this week. And I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I do have to let you know, if you haven't noticed, I am flying solo on this one. Yeah, no co-host, no Amy. Amy is, um, I'm going to let you guys in. Amy has decided that she is going to pursue her master's in uh, filmmaking. For anybody who's ever tried to get a master's degree, which is not me, I'm a dumb shit. I dropped out of junior college twice. But for anybody who's ever pursued a master's, you know how busy that is. You know how little uh, free time you get when you're pursuing your master's. And throw in on top of that, Amy has a family. She has kids, all teenagers. So you can imagine how much free time she's going to have. So Amy isn't gone. Uh, She will drop in and do shows like this when she can, but uh, schedule permitting, obviously. So if she's got other stuff to do, then, yeah, obviously she's going to do that. We just spent three days in Vegas, not partying, I wish. We we were working, well, she was working, I was just handing her shit. She was recording another music video down in Vegas, so we were down there for three days. Have you ever been in Vegas for more than like six hours and not gone to the strip, not gone to any casinos, like nothing. Seriously, that's new for me. I I have no idea. Like your typical tourist, I didn't know there was stuff to do in Vegas outside of the casinos and shit. So I'm, I guess I'm a dumb shit, but, um, we went, Hey, we did get to see red rock Canyon. So we got a little bit of vacation in there. We got to see red rock Canyon for anybody who's ever been to red rock. Did you feel like you should be driving in there in a, in a Winnebago trying to cook meth? Was that just me? Anyway, all right, folks, like I said, we had some major nerd shit hit the fan this weekend. It We finally, finally got the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Holy shit, folks, it has been four years. It has been a giant goddamn hype machine. And for anybody who's listened to my last couple wrestling shows, the theme has been manage your expectations. All right. Here's what I mean by that. 2017, Zack Snyder finished all the filming on his on Justice League. All right, so he had all the footage ready to go, and then unfortunately, tragically, his daughter committed suicide. So, like any good parent would do, he had to step away from the project. So, he basically tells Warner Brothers, "Hey, got to be with the family right now." And I'm sure Warner Brothers said, "Yeah, get it, totally understand." So they bring in Joss Whedon. Anybody who's ever watched a a Zack Snyder movie and watch a Joss Whedon movie, you know these guys have radically different movie-making styles. And Warner Brothers just heaped 
all this footage onto Joss and said, go. And Joss basically said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, here's, okay, now here's where, here's where shit goes off the rails. Joss gets God knows how many hours of footage just dumped in his lap. And Warner Brothers says, finish the movie. Oh, by the way, uh, we only want about two hours, a two hour runtime, give or take. And you have like 18 weeks worth of footage here. So yeah, cut all that shit into two weeks. And so Joss Whedon says, okay, I can do it, but it's not going to make sense. I'm going to have to do reshoots in order to make this make sense. Long story short, Joss Whedon did his best to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Movie gets released in theaters and fans are pissed. Why they're pissed, I have no idea. You fuckers hated the first two movies from jo from Zack Snyder. So, but anyway, again, I'm not going to... I am going to try to stay as fair as fucking possible here, folks. I really am. So, for four years, I've had to listen to release the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the fucking Snyder Cut. And I went, either fucking release it or shut up. Shit or get off the pot. That's That has been my stance since the beginning. I actually had to go back and see what show I talked about the Snyder Cut in. Folks, it was show number 22. This is show number 53. 31 shows ago, over a year ago, last May, I said, if put out the Snyder Cut, I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's not going to be game-changing. It's not going to be mind-blowing. I flat out said that. I said it a year ago. Guess what happened? It wasn't game changing. It was not mind blowing. It was the exact same movie with a facelift and longer. Oh my God, it was longer. Oh, you know what? I'm going to backtrack just a bit here. I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to start with the positives. All right. I don't want to come on here and I'm not going to sit here and bash this movie. I'm not. The movie didn't suck. It did not suck. I will say this. And for anybody who thinks I'm just a fucking Marvel shill, growing up, I was a bigger fan of DC characters. Here were my favorite superheroes when I was a kid. And by kid, I mean five, six, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Incredible Hulk. Those, those were my five because they all had TV shows. But those were my five favorite superheroes when I was a kid. Three of them were DC characters, okay? Only two were Marvel characters. So growing up, I was a big DC fan. And there were more DC cartoons. There were more. There was more animated uh, Superman and Batman. There was the Super Friends. Anyone, anyone else watch Super Friends? I did. I grew up on that shit, all right? And I want to see the only, the only, the first Spider-Man one I remember is Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Iceman and, and uh, Firestar. And I'm fairly certain that's where my obsession with redheads came from, was Firestar. I'm almost positive. Between Firestar, Scarlet from G.I. Joe, and Jessica Rabbit, that's, yeah, it was over for me. That's, that's where my love of redheads came from, right there. I just, I just had a moment of clarity, a, a moment of insight into my own childhood. And I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to fucking leave it in there. Anyway, growing up, I was a DC guy that, that, so I'm not here to bash this movie, but I'm going to be fair. The cast is great. 
The ca- I mean, Henry Cavill is Superman. Ben Affleck is Batman. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. That core right there, the Trinity, could not be cast better. Okay. Um, Flash, I'm lukewarm on Ezra Miller as Flash. I really am. Um, and then, what's his name? Oh, God. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher, the guy who played Cyborg. I thought he did a decent job. Okay, I mean, Cyborg, not not a character I grew up on. I remember when they introduced him in the 80s, but I wasn't, you know, for, for everyone who grew up with Teen Titans and everything, you're a bigger Cyborg fan than I am. Okay, but not a whole lot of Cyborg when I was a kid. All right. So the cast, I really enjoyed the cast. I thought they were really well done. Okay. Uh, this one, I, and I'm going to jump around a lot. I'm, I'm not going to do like a, a linear review of the movie. I'm going to jump around. So jump to the end of the movie, jump to the epilogue. This version of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Not obnoxiously offensive. All right. Jesse Eisenberg in Batman versus Superman. I wanted to punch him in the neck. He was so obnoxiously offensive as Lex Luthor. And everyone was saying, well, well, he, he's not really Lex Luthor. He's he's the Riddler pretending to be Lex Luthor. That is so fucking convoluted. And the fact that you had to do these mental gymnastics to justify his portrayal of that character. Think about that. Think about this for a second. He was so bad at that character. You had to formulate this conspiracy theory in your head that he's not really Lex Luthor. He's actually Edward Nigma pretending to be Lex Luthor. Folks, stop. Just just stop. Anyway, going back to the positives, there was a lot less Eisenberg in this movie. Thank God. What we got to see of Jared Leto as the Joker. Not bad. Unfortunately, this fucking guy is going to be compared to Heath Ledger for the rest of his natural life. So that kind of sucks. But I'll say his Joker in this one was a hell of a lot better than his Joker in Suicide Squad. So there's that. Oh, I guess this would be a good time to say spoiler warning. (laughs) I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. Yeah, spoiler warning. I haven't talked about anything yet, anything specific. And let's face it, the movie got released 10 days ago. So if you haven't seen it by now... It wasn't that high on your priority list, but I'm not going to be a dick. Spoiler warning. I'm going to talk about some shit. All right. So if you want to, if you want to go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this, totally understand. All right. Spoiler warning. All right. You fuckers have been warned. Here is my first criticism of this movie. Did you need a four hour version of this fucking movie? Oh my God. Four hours? Why four hours? All right? Titanic wrapped it up in three. And I don't mean the movie. I mean the actual ship. The fucking ship sank in three hours. Less time than it took to watch this movie. Oh my God. This movie did not need four hours. It didn't. And actually, you can probably shave an hour off this movie if you take all the slow motion scenes and play them at normal speed. Shave an hour off right there. And when I've and when I have complained about the runtime, here is what I get told. I get told, yeah, but you needed that time because 
it fleshed out Fl uh, Flash and Cyborg's characters so well. You got to know those characters so much better. You know how else you could have done that? Give them their own standalone movies. You could have done standalone movies. See, there was already a Man of Steel. And there's a Batman movie every three years because Batman is Warner Brothers' money train. Okay, so those guys don't need standalone movies. You know who these characters are. Okay, wouldn't it have been great to do a fucking Flash movie and a Cyborg movie so that kids of the 80s like me can find out who the fuck Cyborg is? Why do I care about Cyborg? You could have done these individual movies and then you could have done a Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. But honestly, her introduction in, in Batman vs. Superman, we could have stayed with that. That was fine. That could have been that could have gone either way. But then when Justice League came out, I gave a shit about why this team had to come together. No pun intended from the opening song. Um, but see that and, and I, I'm going to compare it to Marvel because you just have to. All right. I, I do realize that comic book fans, especially fans of the comic book movies, uh, we tend to act like children of divorce and, and we have to pick a side, whether it's mom or dad. I, you know, I get that. There's no way to not do that here. All right. So I'm going to do it as little as possible, but shit's going to happen. All right. Marvel introduced their core Avengers and then brought them together two years later. We, we got an Iron Man movie. We got a Hulk movie with a different actor than the one that we actually cared about playing Hulk. We got a Captain America movie. We got a Thor movie. And then after two years of this, we brought those characters together along with Natasha Romanoff and Clint Barton. And now we have an Avengers movie that was badass because folks, we built the anticipation. All right. Like foreplay, you build the anticipation so that when that climax happens, it fucking means something. All right. And I do realize that using a sex analogy to describe a comic book movie is kind of like describing colors to a blind man, but, but stay with me on this one. Okay. Stay with me. You build up the anticipation so that people actually give a shit why these characters came together. All right. Didn't happen in the Snyderverse. They just said, there you go. We're gonna give you a whole team all together, all at once. And I realized that was probably a, that was probably a studio decision, not a Zack Snyder decision. Like I said, I'm here to be fair. Warner Brothers probably said, oh shit, we're about 10 years behind Marvel Studios in this whole comic book movie department. Uh, we don't have time for origins and backstories and shit. Just, we're going to dump everything at one time. All right. I, and again, I'm going to be fair. That probably wasn't Zack Snyder's decision. They probably dumped that shit on him. And Zack's like, all right, I'll, I guess I'll make it work. But again, you want to flush out these characters. You give them their own fucking movie. All right. And then I don't need to watch a four hour version of fucking Justice League. And then I try to logically and rationally explain this to trolls online. And then I'm reminded why they're trolls in the first fucking place. Because here's what I got in response. I did find out very few people actually give a shit about Flash. It's all about Cyborg. Because Cyborg was the one they defended. Cyborg's the one they told me like, yeah, but look at Cyborg's powers. Cyborg can hack into firewalls and he can launch nuclear missiles if he wanted to. He could bring down the world's economy if he wanted to. 
And admittedly, those are pretty cool powers in 2021. Uh, face it, folks, we are all tech zombies. How many of us actually leave the house without a smartphone or a tablet or some kind of fucking Apple tech of some kind? All right, half, half of you are driving Teslas that can fucking drive themselves. You are not necessary. So the fact that Cyborg controls the world's tech, very impressive. Until you get to the scene where he couldn't control his own tech and his body attacked Superman, pissing Superman off, and Superman kicked the shit out of all three of them. See, there's one of those holes in the plot. There's one of those speed bumps in storytelling. Wait, he can control the world's economy. He can control nuclear arsenals. But for some reason, he couldn't stop his own body from firing an RPG at Superman. Like, the system reads a, reads a threat. I can't do anything. Well, then your powers aren't that fucking cool, bro. Sorry. And that's one of the things with Zack Snyder movies. Zack Snyder movies look fantastic. Nobody can tell me that Zack Snyder's movies aren't visually amazing. And I'm not just talking about Justice League. You go back to Batman vs. Superman. You go back to Man of Steel. You go back to fucking Watchmen and 300. Those movies look amazing. And if you watch them with the sound off, they're fucking perfect. But then you get into the story and you're going, the fuck? Why are both of their moms named Martha? Why, why does that matter? What the fuck? And then you gave us a director's cut, an ultimate edition of Batman v Superman, and that's still in there. Like, anyway. So, yeah, you could have fleshed out these characters with their own standalone movie, which would have shaved two hours off this movie. There was one part I found really funny, though. So Cyborg, there's this woman that I guess he's known since high school or college or whatever. I don't remember and she's working as a waitress. She has a kid. She goes to check her account and she has like $11 in her account. And just standing on the corner, Cyborg just hacks into her account and adds like $100,000. Which on the surface is, is cool. That's very cool. Like Cyborg was looking after this woman. He's known her for years. And he just dumps $100,000 into her bank account. And I went... Wait, so does the IRS not exist in the Snyderverse? Because, folks, if your balance goes from $11 on Thursday to $111,000 on Friday, IRS is going to have some fucking questions. That, 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 you don't just get to dump $100,000 in a bank account and nobody notices. That's going to set off some red flags. And a perfect example is that's happened to me. Not $100,000, but... I, w I remember to getting my paycheck on Friday and I went and deposited my check on Friday and for some reason I checked my account on Saturday and double the amount that I deposited on Friday was in my account. So what happened was somebody fucked up and they deposited my check twice. Do you have any idea how hard it was not to pull every dime out right then and there? And I, I made a deal with myself. I made a deal that if that money was still there Monday morning, I was pulling every fucking dime out and then going to another bank. I go back on Monday morning and they caught their error and they fixed the fucking thing. All right. So, yeah, if you deposit a $500 check on one day and you have $1,000 in your account the next day, that shit's fixed within 24 hours.
So you can't just dump $100,000 into a woman's account and nobody notices. I wanted to see the scene where she was arrested and charged with fraud and tax evasion and sent to jail for 13 years. Hey, Zack Snyder, did you do those those reshoots? Because that would have been a funny fucking scene to watch. Anyway, that was my first problem. That was my first plot hole. The first speed bump in the story. Here was the second one. So in both movies, the 2017 version and this version, we're doing the mother box thing. All right. And the three mother boxes have to be brought together. And once they're brought together and synchronized, they just reboot Earth, I guess. Shut it down and restart it and just fucking reboot it like an iPhone. And it just completely rebuilds Earth like Apocalypse. Darkseid's homeworld. All right. Not a bad storyline. I get that. And in both movies, we see this giant battle of the Amazons and the Atlanteans, the old gods, human beings, and the Green Lanterns. So we see this giant army of all these entities fighting Darkseid. And we actually got to see Darkseid in the battle this time. So that was cool. I will admit that. Seeing Darkseid actually doing his own fighting. Cool. That was very cool. All right. But as the story goes, this army repelled Darkseid's forces. Uh, who was it? Ares? Ares wounds Darkseid with his hammer, hammer, with his axe, just right in the chest. What did Thanos tell us? Should have aimed for the fucking head. Anyway, Darkseid goes, oh, fuck, I just took an axe in the chest. I'm out of here. And the army retreats, leaving all three mother boxes on Earth. And Darkseid can't remember where he put them. Wait, you can't remember what planet the mother boxes were on. Wonder Woman is narrating the story and she tells us that Darkseid and his army, as his army retreated, he just forgot what planet they were on. Folks, if you wander into a strange neighborhood and a bunch of people kick the shit out of you, are you going to forget where that neighborhood's at? Fuck no, you're not. But that's a story they told us. He got his ass kicked on this one planet. And he couldn't remember where the planet was at. Therefore, he never found his mother boxes. Okay. Alright. Now, you know what? I'm going to give that one the benefit of the doubt. Because the universe, it's a really big fucking place. Alright? I'm not going to... Okay, so I will give you... I will give you the benefit of the doubt that Darkseid got his monkey ass handed to him and just forgot where the planet was at. All right, let's let's go with that. Let's go with that. Okay. Left all three mother boxes on this planet. You're telling me that the Atlanteans, the Amazons, the Green Lanterns, and the Old Gods said, you know what? Just go ahead and leave the three mother boxes on Earth. I, I realize we have Green Lanterns, and they're like guardians of the universe, and they all have their different sectors and shit, and we could probably ask one of the Lanterns, hey, can you at least hide one of these mother boxes on a different planet? No. No, we're just going to leave them all on Earth. So when Darkseid does find the planet that he got his ass kicked on, he can take comfort in knowing all three mother boxes are on that planet. 
He doesn't have to go to the planet that he got his ass kicked on, find this mother box, and then find out what happened to the other two. If they're on different planets, you know, like the Infinity Stones, at least he knows, hey, once I find this planet, all three of them are there. It's fucking stupid. And then you cut to present day, where the Amazons are guarding a mother box, the Atlanteans are guarding a mother box, and the third one is in Cyborg's closet. On the floor, right next to his Air Force Ones. That... Really? This... <laughs> this was... This was the giant quest that Steppenwolf had to go through. Like, he had to fight the Atlanteans to get one. He had to fight the Amazons. But the third one... Just in Victor Stone's closet. Not... Yeah... Not going anywhere, just hanging back of the closet next to his porn. You know, second thought, Cyborg's porn would be all digital, wouldn't it? Yeah, he would have access to any porn he wanted. German scat eater films, you know, shit like that. Okay, I've already explored this one too much. But anyway, I guess at one point, Cyborg realized, you know what? I probably shouldn't be hiding this in my closet. So I'm going to go dig up my mom's grave and I'm going to go put the mother box literally on top of my mother. That's that's what he did because the security having it buried under 3 feet of dirt much better than in the closet. That's yeah. Uh okay. And it's never found. At no point is it ever found even though the boxes were calling to Steppenwolf in the or first part of the movie we know as the movie went on that Victor's dad used the mother box to save his life. See, we get to see the car crash that killed Victor's mom and basically turned Victor into a stump. I mean, no arms, no legs. He was cut off right below the rib cage. So Miles Bennett Dyson harnesses the power of the mother box and turns Cyborg into Cyborg. And the box being awakened like that uh, Darkseid and Steppenwolf, they're aware that the mother box is on Earth, but Superman's alive, so they don't come get it. This is the story they told. This is the exact story they told that when Miles Bennett Dyson used the box to save his son's life, Darkseid and Steppenwolf were aware of this, but goddammit, Superman's still alive. He's going to kick the shit out of us. So we're just going to leave them boxes on Earth. But now that Superman's dead, Steppenwolf came back. And why the fuck couldn't they find the box in Victor's closet? That that part's never explained at all. So anyway, as the movie goes on, we get the Justice League assembled minus Superman. Victor's got his his mother box and they're talking about what the box can do. And it's never really mentioned that the box can bring Superman back to life. They just play it like all of them had the same idea at one time. Not one of them said, hey, you think maybe this can bring Superman back from the dead? No. Could it? Maybe. I mean, no, that discussion never happens. Flash just says, are we all thinking the same thing? And then the box magically brings a hologram 
of Superman on top like he's Tupac at Coachella. There's just a hologram of Superman on top of the box for little to no reason. Okay. Like I said, folks, the movie was visually awesome. It looked phenomenal. Story-wise, no. No, not so much. No. So, we fast forward to, they go to Smallville and just dig up Superman's grave. Didn't tell the mom. Didn't tell Martha Kent, like, hey, we can probably, maybe, theoretically bring your kid back to life. But we're going to need to exhume his grave. No, they just fucking dug the hole and stole his body. Kind of a dick move. Maybe. Oh, wait. I just reminded myself. As soon as I said Martha Kent, at this point, we've had a scene where Lois Lane is just... She's still in mourning. It's been a year since Superman died, and she's still mourning his death, and Martha Kent has to come to her and say, Sweetie, you need to get out there. The world needs you. And she convinces Lois to get back out in the world, and as Martha Kent leaves Lois's apartment... She morphs into the Martian Manhunter. So we're informed an hour into this movie that the Martian Manhunter is on Earth. And then the Martian Manhunter morphs back into Larry Hennix playing General Swanwick. And I'm going, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me Martian Manhunter has been on this fucking planet since, uh, since Man of Steel? And he hasn't done shit. Think about this for a second. The Martian Manhunter is masquerading as a general in the U.S. Army. He watched the Kryptonian invasion of Metropolis. He did nothing. Lois Lane questioned him in Batman v Superman. Which means he was there. When Batman was fighting Superman and Doomsday shows up and just starts wrecking the fucking city. He watched a Kryptonian invasion. He watched Doomsday level a fucking city. And he did nothing. Martian Manhunter came off like the biggest dick in this movie. And we're not done with that motherfucker yet. So, just for, I'm just... Preview of things to come, folks, because I was pissed off at the Martian Manhunter when those fucking credits roll. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, back to digging up Superman's grave. Now I'm pissed off. I got myself pissed off. So they dig up Superman's grave, take him to the Kryptonian ship because the Fortress of Solitude isn't a thing in the Snyderverse. And it plays out just like it did in the, in the Whedon cut. The ship doesn't have the power to use the mother box to bring Superman back to life. And Flash says, well, hey, I can probably generate blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we do the thing. We dunk Superman. Barry Allen just comes running, generates enough charge, ignites it. The box with the charge brings Superman back to life. And he doesn't remember who the fuck he is. Okay. So it plays out just like it does in the Whedon cut, right? And this is where he comes back to life. He flies to the uh, memorial, the Superman memorial that was there that got destroyed in Batman v Superman. And who goes with him? 
Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg. Where the fuck was Batman? Where was Batman? No, seriously, where was Batman? Okay, because what we establish is in the Whedon cut, Joss Whedon goes, where the fuck is Batman? So they had to do a reshoot where Batman goes to get Lois Lane because in Batman v Superman, Batman's asleep and he gets awakened by a vision of Flash coming back in time to say Lois Lane's the key. But they never explained what the fuck that meant. And apparently in, the, in Snyder's cut, they still didn't explain what it meant. They, they did establish that that scene happened, didn't tell us what the fuck it meant. So Whedon does a reshoot where Batman goes and gets Lois Lane to make this shit make sense. Snyder cut, not so much. Got rid of that scene, and I'm just going, where, where, the, where the fuck is Batman? I realize he doesn't have any powers, so he can't move as fast as Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman, so it might have taken him a while to get there. But that's stupid. So this scene plays out just like it did in the Whedon cut. They're facing off with Superman and they're trying, they're trying to help him remember who he is. And all of a sudden Cyborg loses his shit and fires an RPG at his head. And then Superman kicks the shit out of all four of them. And as we've established, no Batman. Batman shows up later. Superman looks at Batman, remembers, oh, this is the fuckwit that got me killed. And that's when Batman gets his ass handed to him. All right. Here's how you could have shot this scene. Zack, paying attention? Okay. All five of them get there at one time. Superman flies over to the destroyed monument, and he's just looking around. Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, Flash, and Batman get there all at the same time. Superman's looking around and he's doing the x-ray vision like he did in the scene. He looks over at Batman. He makes a connection. Oh, wait, this is the fucker that got me killed. Boom, we have the same fight scene. You don't have to show Cyborg losing his shit after spending an hour telling us how great his powers were and how he can control any software, any kind of tech on the planet. And then showing us, no, no, he really can't because he lost his shit. He attacked Superman. Superman kicked the shit out of all of them. Okay. And that scene, the rest of that scene could have played out just like it did. Okay. You had four years. You got an additional $70 million and you didn't think to fix that scene. No. All right. Anyway, while they're, while the Justice League is getting their ass kicked by Superman, all of the Star Labs employees, I hope they're employees, they had to evacuate the Kryptonian ship because Cyborg hacked into it and gave a false alarm for a biohazard. All right. Well, when Superman gets reanimated, he flies, he gets blown out of the roof. The mother box gets blown out of the roof. It lands on some car in the parking lot. Miles Bennett Dyson sees it, so he grabs it just as Steppenwolf shows up. He runs it back into the lab. He puts it in some machine, and we aren't told what's going on. We have been told that you cannot destroy these, and Miles Bennett Dyson is pointing a laser at the box, so we're going like, wait, what, what the fuck are you doing? And the Justice League sees uh, Steppenwolf come down, so they rush in to save the box. Miles Bennett Dyson ignites this laser, which bounces all over the place and just cuts him into shreds, just vaporizes him. And the League gets there just as Cyborg gets to watch his dad die. There's a good couple of seconds 
where Cyborg is just going like, Dad, no, no, no. And he's got a good 10 seconds before his dad is killed. Here's my question. If Cyborg controls tech, why did he just cut the power? Plot hole number four. Anyway, well, I'm going to let that one slide. Miles Bennett Dyson is just vaporized by this laser. Steppenwolf gets the mother box, and now we're screwed. We are now screwed because at this point, Steppenwolf has all three of the mother boxes. He can merge them. He can synchronize them. We have no Superman. We're, we're, we're up shit creek, folks. We are up shit creek at this point. And here's where the movie started getting good. We've got the Justice League back at the Batcave. They're trying to figure out a, a game plan, a plan of attack here. We've got Superman who grabbed Lois Lane, flew her to Smallville. Martha Kent comes running up. So Superman is surrounded by his two favorite ladies. And we are, we then find out that, okay, so we were told in the earlier in the movie that if you fire photons into the mother box, it heats it up. And that's what miles did. Miles heated the damn thing up and just assume they'd be able to find it. Flash goes, okay, well it's gotta be the hottest thing on the, on the planet. Now, if only we had access to a satellite and Batman goes, I have six of them. Well, it's a good thing Miles knew that, otherwise the rest of this shit wouldn't make any sense at all. But alright, again, letting plot hole number five slide. So they find the mother box somewhere in Russia. They go in to retrieve it, they've got a game plan. Batman gives this great, just rah-rah speech, it's fucking fantastic. And as they're taking off to go confront Steppenwolf and separate these three mother boxes... Batman tells Alfred, he'll be there. He will be there. And Alfred asks him, how can you be so sure, Master Wayne? And Bruce just looks at him and says, have faith, Alfred. And they fly off to Russia. So we get this big climactic fight scene, this big battle. And admittedly, this was a better battle than the Whedon cut. I will admit that. And in the middle of the fight, we cut back to Alfred, who's working on a car and Superman shows up in the black suit. Now, this isn't a plot hole as much as it is just a nitpick. I will admit this is a nitpick, but why the black suit? They never explain the black suit. Now, anybody who's read The Return of Superman knows the black suit had special regenerative powers that after he died and came back to life, it soaked up more of the sun's rays, thereby helping him recover faster. All right. Apparently Zack Snyder's never read The Return of Superman because not a fucking mention of why the black suit. Apparently he just wanted to do the black suit. Oh yeah, by the way, black suit doesn't have a cape. And he just shows up at the Batcave. Just fucking shows up. And Alfred's just going, you know, he said you'd show up. Here's my other question. Why? Why did Superman show up? Why did Superman stop by Alfred before going to the battle? Did Superman need directions? Doesn't, doesn't have a GPS, doesn't know where the big battle is. Like, why did Superman show up at Wayne Manor before going to the big battle in Russia? It's never explained. He just shows up. Alfred goes, you know, he said you'd be here. Did they just bail at that point? Like, again, does it make sense? All right. Big climactic battle. 
Justice League is fighting Steppenwolf. They're fighting. The fuck were those called? Steppenwolf's little flying monkey insects. What the hell were those? Anyway, great battle going on. Steppenwolf's about to just hit Cyborg right in the back of the head with with his axe. And Superman does a run-in, takes the axe in the chest, just looks back at Steppenwolf and goes, not impressed. And then just blows on the axe, and the axe freezes, and they shatter it to pieces. Okay, that was cool. I will admit, that was very cool. And in the end, the boxes are joined. They are united, they're synchronized, and the Justice League loses. Wait, what? All right, now you have my attention. It took two hours and 40 minutes, but now you have my fucking attention. Oh, and I forgot. Flash is just running around the around the city just as fast as he can because the plan is he's supposed to fire a bolt of lightning at the right time, hits the box, and Cyborg can separate it. All right, so Flash is outside. One of Steppenwolf's little flying monkey insects actually hits him with a cannon shot and he just stumbles and he just stumbles and rolls for about 28 miles. So now they don't have the charge to separate the boxes. The boxes unite, they synchronize and the justice league loses. And I went, Oh, Oh, I didn't see this coming. Wait, we haven't seen that nightmare scene yet. Oh shit. Wait, does Steppenwolf win? Darkseid shows up and we're stuck in the nightmare world. We're stuck in Apocalypse until the sequel. If so, this is brilliant. I am I'm turning the corner on Justice League three hours and 45 minutes into this movie. I'm actually thinking, wait, this might actually be a game changing movie. Holy shit. And then Flash goes, nope, not going to happen. Flash runs fast enough to reverse time to right before the mother box is united. And Cyborg and Superman are able to separate the three boxes. And at this point, there's a portal appearing. And you start to see Darkseid coming through the portal with all of his henchmen and the army. And the portal opens just in time to see Steppenwolf get his ass kicked by the entire Justice League. They fucked him up. And I think it was Superman just straight Spartan kicks him through the portal. And as he's going through the portal, Wonder Woman swings her sword and just takes his fucking head off. So the dismembered corpse of Steppenwolf goes through the portal with the head, falls at Darkseid's feet as the portal closes, and Darkseid just steps on the head, just smashes it like... Fuck. And that's where the movie ends. <laughs> so I'm going to say the first two hours, here's my summary of this. The first two hours, drizzling shits. Absolute drizzling shits. The next 90 minutes ramped up, went from good to really fucking good. And then we hit the epilogue. If you had stopped the movie right there, 
Steppenwolf's disembodied corpse going through the portal. Portal closes. Darkseid has this great line of, I guess we'll do it the old-fashioned way. Meaning there's going to be an invasion. If we had stopped the movie there, perfect. We went for another 35 fucking minutes. Oh my God. Okay, so we get some wrap up with Superman and Lois. Cool, fine, was what it was. We get a scene where Bruce Wayne is asleep in some really nice vacation home somewhere. He he wakes up, walks out of the bedroom door onto his porch, onto his patio, and Martian Manhunter is just floating there. And Bruce says, can I help you? And we have this we have this conversation between Bruce Wayne and Martian Manhunter. And here's the part that fucking pissed me off all over again. Martian Manhunter says, I found that I have a stake in this planet. And that I need to fight for it. Motherfucker, where were you an hour ago? Where the fuck were you an hour ago when there was literally a battle for the planet? I should fight for this fucking planet. Thanks, Captain Too Late Now. Dick. Like I said, by the time the final credits rolled, Martian Manhunter came off like the biggest gaping dickhole in the movie. All right. We then get the Lex Luthor scene, which is the exact same scene with different dialogue. We start out at Arkham Asylum. They're emptying out the cells. You see Lex Luthor from the back, just staring at the wall. Guard telling him, Luthor, come on out, Luthor. Come on out. You go back in. Lex Luthor turns around. It's just some random bald guy. Couldn't you have taken like a Sharpie or something and just on, around his forehead, around his bald head, wrote January, February, March, April, and make it Calendar Man? Just saying. Not going to affect the movie either way. It would just really been fucking cool if they had done that. But it's not Lex Luthor. We then get a shot of probably a $80 million yacht in a harbor somewhere. There's a speedboat coming up. Deathstroke steps off the boat. Lex Luthor's already on the boat. And then we have this dialogue between Deathstroke and Lex Luthor where it's insinuated that in exchange for busting Lex Luthor out of jail, Lex Luthor will tell Deathstroke who Batman is. Question. How the fuck does Lex Luthor know who Batman is? Maybe, granted, I'm not as big into Superman comics as I am Batman, so maybe that happened at some point. Maybe I'm wrong and Lex Luthor figured it out. He is supposed to be the smartest guy on the planet. Maybe that happened at some point and I just missed it. But anyway, he then reveals to Deathstroke that Batman is Bruce Wayne. The next scene is the weirdest fucking scene in the movie we're back in nightmare world. This is Bruce's nightmare. It's complete wasteland. Earth has been transformed into apocalypse. And we have a group of survivors made up of Batman, Flash, Cyborg, Mira, Deathstroke. Wait, 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 wait. Two minutes ago, I just saw Lex Luthor 
tell you Batman's secret identity for you to kill him. And two minutes after I watched that, you are now fighting next to him. No explanation. No context. What the fuck just happened? And then you hear the laugh. You hear the laugh. Camera pans over. It's Jared Leto's Joker. Somehow Leto, somehow Leto, somehow Joker's on the team. How the fuck is Joker on this team of survivors? What the fuck is going on? And we have this interaction between Batman and Joker, and it was all right. It was fine. The biggest thing we learned was that Joker killed Robin. Yeah, we knew that. I already knew that. What we didn't know is that Harley Quinn is dead. And at some point, Batman, I guess Batman was holding her in his arms as she was dying. And her dying words were, make sure you kill Joker for me and kill him slow. All right. Is that going to be in the next cut of Birds of Prey that comes out in six years? Is that? Folks, I'm making that up. Don't go out and start reporting that I said there's going to be a new, a, a, a different cut of Birds of Prey. That No, I, I made that shit up. It was a joke. David Ayer is trying to get a fucking Ayer's cut of, of Suicide Squad. No, bro, you had your shot. You shit the bed. You don't get another shot. But anyway, that's the movie. That was Zack Snyder's Justice League. And in a four-hour and three-minute runtime, there was 90 good minutes in this fucking movie. Oh, my God. And you know what? I'm going to say it. The movie's, like I said, the movie's okay. It is a solid... B minus C plus, but I'll, you know what? I'll be nice. Say it's a B minus. It's a, it's a solid B minus movie, but oh my God, people have been anytime. I, anytime I comment online about it, it was okay. It wasn't great. Oh my God. The trolls show up with torches and pitchforks ready to storm the castle. They get pissed. They act like this was the greatest thing. And you know what? All right, let's, let me establish some boundaries here. If you tell me you liked it, if you tell me you loved it, if you tell me this was the greatest movie you've ever seen, cool. That's your opinion. That and you're totally you're totally entitled to your opinion. I don't maybe all you've ever seen is 50 Shades, Twilight and Medea movies. So yeah, this would be the greatest movie you've ever seen. I can't take that away from you. But if you tell me this is the greatest movie ever made, we we're going to have an issue like, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was a visually fantastic movie with a C minus plot. It, it really was. Um, and, and we're going to, we're going to clash on that. Trust me. I dropped out of junior college twice. I know B minus C plus efforts. I, I can spot those. All right. But here's where, Oh my God, here's where other people want to fight me. I will say this nerds, They'll fight you to the death online. They'll fight you to death online. In real life, not so much. Okay. But here's where another one, I see all these articles come out on Facebook and on Twitter explaining certain aspects of the movie. And here was my favorite. An article came out explaining the Green Lanterns. You are aware there was a Green Lantern movie, right? 
you do know you can go back and watch that movie. I'm fairly certain it's on HBO Max. You could have watched it the day before or the day after. Or you can pick up some fucking Green Lantern comics and read. And the comment I made to this article was, yeah, anyone who's read comics doesn't need the Green Lanterns explained. And apparently um, in this cancel culture safe space world that we've created, you're not allowed to say that because the hatred, the fucking hatred I got from people saying, you don't have to read comics to go see these movies. Are you saying that only people who read comics should be watching these movies? No, no, I didn't say that. I said, if you're reading the comics, you already understand this. See, here's, here's my problem. And maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just a personal beef, but people who go to comic book movies, but have never read comic books in their life. Those are the same people that watch the Super Bowl because they think the commercials are funny. And those are the same people that usually sit behind me in the theater and they're asking the person that they came with, well, who's that? What does that person do? Is that guy stronger than that guy? What are her superpowers? And I want to turn around and just punch you in the fucking neck. Like, why are you here? Why now? If your significant other forced you to come to this movie and you had no interest in this whatsoever, cool, I will let it slide. But if it was your idea to come to this movie, why the fuck are you here? If you have never read a comic, you have no idea who these characters are. Why? What now? If you watched one of these movies and it got you into comics, like I know a lot of people had no idea who the Avengers were. And my phone blew up after the first Avengers movie came out, bro. What, what comic should I be reading? Cool. That's fine. But if I make a comment to something posted on Twitter that people who read comics don't need the Green Lanterns explained, it's not a personal attack, bro. I didn't call your mom a whore and punch your sister in the neck. Like, why are you so angry? Because I said, hey, if you read comics, you don't need the Green Lanterns explained. Is that just me? Like, folks, hit me up on this one. Is that a personal attack? Oh my God. People got so pissed. And then, and then they kept fighting with me and I kept telling them, listen, comic book movies have been around since the late seventies. I mean, the first ones I can remember, it was the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And ever since then, there's been a pattern that every movie that was pretty loyal to the comic source material was wildly successful. Superman, think about this. The first two movies did really well. Movies three and four, giant pieces of shit. Everything from Marvel Studios pretty much relied closely on the comic book source material. Marvel's Punisher movies, steaming turds that wouldn't flush. Yeah, fucking horrible. Daredevil, piece of shit. So don't tell me that sticking close to the source material isn't important because I'm going to go to boxofficemojo.com and go, yeah, yeah, it is. See, look, look it. I'm, I'm going to show you right here. Okay. Anyway, folks, 
like I said, it was a decent movie. It was a B minus C plus movie. If you enjoyed it, great. It was fine. That's all I'm going to say. Don't don't fucking come at me with with your fucking hatred. And oh, oh, and then this. Oh, my God. And then there's this. All right. Why is it the people that came at me from other countries are the ones that wanted me dead? Like, I just made these comments that, hey, it was okay. It wasn't great. And like three in a row, I had three people from Pakistan in a row who were ready to burn my house down because I wouldn't acknowledge the fact that this is the greatest thing that human beings have ever created in, in our history. And I went, it wasn't that great. Like, if you liked it, fine. But it was not the greatest thing. And here's always my argument. If you're going to tell me a movie is successful or if it flopped, I'm going to go look at how much money it made. Because statistically, if a movie doesn't make 150% of its production costs, it's considered a flop. Justice League costs $600 million to make. Before the $70 million they gave Zack Snyder for the reshoots. This movie costs $600 to make. $600. $600 million to make. Which means it has to clear $900 million to be considered a success. Go to boxofficemojo.com. It will tell you this movie made $657 million worldwide. $600 million spent. $650 million made. This movie is a flop. Absolute flop. Oh, that's when they get pissed at me. That is when they get pissed. And I had this guy from Pakistan send me an article on how 70,000 people had booked tickets to watch this movie on its on its opening day. And I go back to box office mojo. This movie made $2,900. The Zack Snyder cut made $2,900 worldwide. $2,900 worldwide. And I sent that article to him. And he's like, that's bullshit. Look, 70,000 people went to see this movie in India the day it premiered. And I went, okay. And I Googled currency conversion India to, to United States. Do you know, I did not know this. I, I found this out today. The Indian rupee is 0 0.014 American dollars. I'm going to say that again. A dollar in India is roughly 1.4 cents American. All right, let's keep it simple. Let's say all 70,000 of those people that booked a ticket on, on the opening day of Zack Snyder's Justice League paid one rupee. They paid a dollar in India. You know how much that translates to in American? $968. The movie made $968 in India. Versus $600 million to make the fucking thing. In India, Justice League made enough to buy a shitty car off Craigslist. That's, that's what it did. Okay, so again, don't tell me that this movie was a wild fucking success when financially. No, no, it wasn't. Sorry. It 70,000 people went to go see it. That's cool. That is a great number. 
doesn't make it a success. Not financially. <laughs> oh, people were pissed at me. Oh, people were so pissed. And I'm going like, hey, it was what it was. Like, again, I'm not telling you not to like it. I'm not telling you that it, it was shit. I'm telling you it was an average movie. And if you liked it, cool. All right. Anyway, folks. So we just hit the one hour mark. And I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm sure I've pissed off every fucking DC stand that listened to the show. But folks, again, I liked it, but it wasn't game changing. So, all right. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, folks. Again, I am Greg Hernandez, the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, feel free to drop me a line. You know what? If you disagree with me, that's cool. I mean, go ahead and go ahead and send me a message. Just tell me why you disagreed. But here's the thing. Don't come at me sideways. If you disagree, I'm more than willing to, to sit, you know, to message back and forth and talk about it. Just don't come at me, you know, don't come at me like I called your mama whore. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> you can also find this podcast on Google Podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, or you can just go to NinjaNerdWarriorPodcast.com. Um, recommend the show, and you know, unless I pissed you off on this one. Give it five stars so other people can find it.